Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? I'm Carol Brewer, and welcome to another Bible Chicks radio show. I'm so blessed that you could take time to be with us today. Our special guest is award-winning author and gifted speaker, Carol Kent. Her vibrant personality and relevant messages make her one of the top Christian communicators today. I'm so glad that we have her on our program. You've heard her on Dateline, NBC, CNN, Billy Graham Primetime Special, Life for Today with James Robeson, Family Life Today, 100 Huntley Street. That's a program that we met many years ago on. So MSNBC as well, Focus on the Family, all of these programs. Uh, Carol is no stranger to sharing her love for the Lord and the power of His Word. Speaking of His Word, I'm going to share a song with you real quick, Deuteronomy 6.5. Won't you learn it with me? It's Love the Lord Your God. your soul with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your Deuteronomy 6.5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I know a person that does that daily. She seeks Him first with her whole heart, and that is our guest, Carol Kent. Welcome so much to Bible Chicks. Carol, what an honor it is to be on the air with you today. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, just a great blessing to be to be able to talk with you again. We visit over Facebook briefly and uh, through email, but wow, voice to voice is wonderful. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. We're going to share your story today as as um, succinctly as we can. You know, you're beginning your family. I've always been so impressed 
by the support team you have with your loved ones. That has made such a difference in your life. Can you share a bit about your beginnings, your youth, and when you made a decision to follow Christ? Well, Carol, I was blessed to be born uh, to a Christian family. I was the oldest of six children, and one of my earliest memories in life is listening to a radio program called Unshackled, the voice of the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, Illinois, and they reenact stories of people who've made significant life changes. And even though I was only five years old, I turned to my mama and I said, I'm such a sinner. Do you think Jesus would come into my heart? And that was the day mother shared scripture with me that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and uh, that the wages of that sin is indeed death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that day I bowed my knees and my heart and invited Jesus into my life. So I am very, very blessed to have grown up in the home of a pastor and uh, went through lots of changes as he went from church to church. And I think being a part of small congregations helped me to grow my leadership skills as we watched what God did as I saw my parents saying yes to God's leading in their lives. Oh, and being in a small congregation, you know, that gave you the opportunities because there was a need there, obviously not a big staff. So you had the opportunity, right? Yes, when there's no youth group leader because you can't afford one, you become the youth group leader. And uh, I always thought it was so much work to organize the activities and to plan the devotionals. But do you know, that was God's way of saying, Carol, get ready. There is more to come. And I look back on those years now, and I know it was God's training for my future. And you did have a heart to get ready because you became a teacher. You got a master's degree in communication arts and a bachelor's in speech education. And then you started leading as a teaching leader for Bible study fellowship. And through all those experiences and all that training, branched out from there and started speaking for groups and radio, television, everything, all of those uh, media outlets and that's an, that's incredible how that just whole journey in itself and then you had a heart to teach others didn't you Yes, I remember as I was finishing up uh, my last year as a Bible study fellowship teaching leader, I looked around the class and I realized there were several women who had a story to tell, or they had a love for God's Word, but they didn't quite know how to summarize it and organize their material in a way that it would fit into a 30-minute presentation. And uh, God put it on my heart to start a little group of people who wanted to grow in their communication skills in my living room. And after we did that group, we went to a church and I did two classes. And uh, then somebody in Dayton, Ohio said, Carol, would you bring that teaching here? And we started calling it Speak Up, Speak Up with Confidence. And that has now uh, grown into what we call the Speak Up Conference, where once a year in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we do a speaker's track and a writer's track. And we teach the next generation of Christian speakers and writers. And there's nothing I do in ministry that I enjoy more than that. 
Oh, and how grateful I am that you started in that living room or that small area and then branched out to do this because I am a product of your heart to do this. I took four of your sessions with you in both Michigan and then back in Portland, Oregon when you had them there and down in Southern California. So, four opportunities for me to learn. I'm not sure I have it all down pat, but I did learn so much from you and your sisters as well and your team about organizing messages. Well, Carol, I think God gave you a whole lot of natural giftedness in the area of communicating, Mm -hmm. and I certainly don't take credit for that, but I do Uh. believe God honors us when we say, Lord, I want to grow, I want to learn, I, I want to attend conferences that will help me hone my skills so I can better further your kingdom agenda in this world. And I have watched you do that, my friend, and I Mm -hmm. say hallelujah for the way you have said yes to God's call on your life. Oh, thank you, Carol. You have been such a great influence to so many. We're so grateful for that. You know, you have a reason besides training and all, but just your joy of sharing the word and your sense of humor and all with with women's events, and, and not only women, but men and women all around our country and internationally. Carol, what makes your heart sing? I have to tell you, God's truth makes my heart sing, and I pray that it trickles down in every part of my life and ministry. And uh, when you and I speak God's truth, either through singing songs that reflect on what His Word says, as you so often do, Carol, or in my case, I'm standing on a public platform speaking at conferences and retreats or sometimes in church services or outreach events, it brings me such joy joy when we know that the Word of God is timeless, it's true, and that we can stake our life on the principles that we teach from that great book called the Bible. And I know that's what Bible Chicks is all about. It is. It is. And, And we incorporate humor into Bible Chicks as well, and that's an area you excel in. How do, how do women respond? You maybe They might be coming for a serious lesson, and, and what does humor do? Why do you incorporate that into your messages? Well, I'll go right back to a scripture verse that's, that really reminds us that uh, laughter is like good medicine, and that's right out of scripture. Mm. And we know that we release endorphins that yes. aid in the healing process when we laugh. And I know God is the creator of laughter. Mm-hmm. And some. Sometimes when we have a hard journey or a crisis experience, it's hard for people to listen to all that's gone on in our lives when it's been uh, something that involves tragedy. And I believe that when we can insert humor along the way, it helps people to be able to take in what we have to say without feeling that they are just drowning in the sorrow or somehow empathizing with us on our journey. So, I'm discovering that the more laughter we can put into our talks and messages, the more people, especially people with short attention spans, will listen and take in truth. And so, it makes it worth it all. Yeah, we Christians aren't droopy drawers, are we? (laughs) No, we have a good time. You know, people think it's so serious because life is life is serious but oh how what a wonderful gift there the tears are a gift because those are a release yes. and the laughter is a gift because it's also a release it's uh, so healthy and it's god's perfect gift to us in in helping us to deal with situations you had a life 
life-changing experience uh, in the late 90s. I remember hearing about it. What happened in your family? What was What is that journey that the Kent family is now negotiating over all these years? Well, Carol, it was uh, the fall of 1999. Our son, our only child, Jason, is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. And uh, he met a wonderful young woman at a Bible study at a church in Orlando, Florida. And she had been previously married and had two little girls, six years old and three years old. And we had a beautiful wedding on a picture-perfect day. And uh, yet there were issues involving the biological father of the girls and multiple allegations allegations of abuse involving this man. And uh, when Jason and April married, there was supervised vision uh, visitation for the father of the girls. And he had been behaving very well during those visits. And an attorney was about to give him unsupervised visitation. And uh, in retrospect, we began to see our son unravel mentally, emotionally, and spiritually over that first year of the marriage as his fears for his girls mounted. And one year into the marriage, we received a middle-of-the-night phone call. And I'll never forget looking at the clock. It said 12.35 a.m. I looked up at Gene. He had the receiver against his ear, and a look of shock and horror came over his face. And he pulled the receiver away, and he said, Carol, Jason has just been arrested for the murder of his wife's first husband. He's in the jail in Orlando. Well, nausea swept over me. I tried to get out of bed. My legs would not hold my weight. I felt like I was living in the middle of a horrific nightmare and I'd soon wake up and everything would be okay. I crawled my way into my office and still on the floor, I grabbed the phone and got a number for the Orlando jail. When someone finally answered and I asked about my son, a rude voice on the other end of the line said, lady, we ain't got nobody by that name. Jason can in here. Lady, your son ain't here. But as hour followed hour, the facts of the case were confirmed. Our son had not been processed into the system yet, but he had pulled a trigger in a public parking lot and a man had died. And uh, we went through two and a half years and seven postponements of his trial before he was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole here in the state of Florida. So needless to say in detail, our lives took a tumble and suddenly we were in the middle of circumstances we never would have envisioned in this lifetime. And uh, we found ourselves saying, breathe, do the next thing. Uh, we were in shock. We could not believe the son who had never been in trouble before in his life had actually taken the life of another human being and that we were now faced with uh, the rest of our lives going to visit our son in a maximum security prison. And Carol, your family, your background, that support team, and your incredible faith, your unquenchable faith, to use the name of one of your books, in God has uh, allowed you to take one step at a time and have a ministry that has been just far beyond what you could ever imagine, but you have been obedient, and your love for God has not shifted. And we're going to hear more about your incredible story, your faith in God, and how we can apply that to our own lives. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Carol Kent. Thank you so much for sharing. We'll be right back. 
Singer-songwriter Carol Brewer reflects lasting expressions of God's love through her beautiful music and inspiring writing. Audiences connect with both Carol's contemporary and traditional songs of worship and praise. She also teaches others to sing God's praises through her popular voice training book, Cooking Up a Song. Pick up Carol's music and books today at Amazon.com, iTunes, and BibleChicks.com. Reading, believing, living His Word. Don't you know we're Bible Chicks? Welcome back to Bible Chicks. Our incredible guest, Carol Kent, has shared from her heart. I know you can hear it in her voice. Even though something that has she's dealt with over so many years, uh, had to face head on, but you can hear it that in her voice that it's still a heartfelt um, circumstance that she asks God every day to help her with. So, we, you know, as you're listening to this story, will you say a prayer for Carol Kent? Uh, as you're listening right now, I certainly pray for Carol on a regular basis. So, would you do that? Because our prayers are certainly upholding her through this. Carol has written so many books to tell about this story. Even um, after the circumstance, When I Lay My Isaac Down, A New Kind of Normal. Can anybody relate to that? A New Kind of Normal in your life, too. Between a Rock and a Grace Place, Secret Longings of the Heart. Heart. Tame your fears. There's a good one. Besides, speak up with confidence, that wonderful training manual for all of us. And now her newest book, Waiting Together Hope and Healing for Families of Prisoners. We're going to hear about that book as well. Carol, welcome back. And we're going to pick up where we left off with your compelling story, your life journey. How is God working through this circumstance today? What's new? What's, what is the good news? How is God making a difference in the lives of prisoners and uh, through JP and his resolve to you know, I'm asking you a lot of questions all at once. <laughs> well, Carol, there are so many amazing things that God has done. Uh, Jean and I launched the nonprofit organization SpeakUpForHope.org yes. to assist uh, inmates and their families with resources, with God's truth, and with hope. And on the inside, Jason has been leading uh, a wonderful study through the God Behind Bars program called Malachi Dads, and he's helping to train inmates in how to be a good dad. And uh, he works with Youth Realm, which is one of the brand new programs where the youngest, newest inmates are in athletic programs. And Jason, as a graduate of the Naval Academy, loves the discipline of athletics. And he does this with these young men primarily so he can get to know them and so he can begin uh, mentoring them in their faith. And I am so excited to tell you you that the very first accredited Bible seminary is now right inside the prison where Jason is at Hardy Correctional Institution, and right now 52 inmate brothers in Christ are training to become pastors. And the goal is that once they get their theological degrees, they will be moved to other prisons in the state where they will become the pastors of churches on prison compounds. Isn't that exciting? Glory to God. It's thrilling. And in a time, in a time, Carol, where there's a movement to take Bibles out of 
public yes. libraries. Oh, and yes. and you know we know you and I know and our and our listeners who love God know that without his word we're just a desert. We're dry. We have nothing to draw on in our lives and hear how God is using JP to um just that ripple effect. You know, it's all starting it's where he is and then it's rippling out just like ripples in a pond and it's and his word is going to make a huge difference in the lives of the prisoners. God's word as as Jason's obedient, you know, the lives of the prisoners and all the other prisons will uh make a difference in their families as they see value in their life even in prison. That's so true. Well, this past year, Jason has been president of Gavel Club, which is Toastmasters on the inside, and he's training men in communication skills. And Carol, can you imagine the joy it brings to me since I lead the Speak Up Conference to see Mm -hmm. my son training men in communication skills? And I just said, Jason, how do you hold on to hope in the middle of a life sentence? Mm -hmm. He said, Mom, I have a gratitude list. I'm so grateful I have two parents who will be my advocates until the day they die. And he said, most lifers like me only get five years of visits when people really care and then they're forgotten. But Mm -hmm. he said, I have family members and friends who put enough money in my inmate account that I can share with those who have nothing and I can share Jesus and his hope with them. And that's a lot to be thankful for. So much. And an example for us who may have maybe not a loved one in prison, but a loved one in a skilled nursing facility or a person that's imprisoned by being disabled and in a wheelchair the entire time uh, of their lives and how families can avoid the situation. They don't feel, you know, it makes them uncomfortable to be in that setting. And so they just kind of, time goes by and they miss their visits. Why is visiting your son in prison so important? You know, you shared that, but can you tell me a little bit um, of some scriptures that, yes. that lead you to do that? I would love to. In Matthew 25, beginning at verse 34 through 40, God tells us that when we visit someone in prison, it is as if we are visiting him. And then in Hebrews 13, 3, we read, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are ministered to as if you yourselves were suffering. And Carol, I know we're blessed when we visit. And you know, one of the things that I love is that when I'm visiting my son at the prison, we have a chance to resolve family issues. And we probably get to know each other better than if he were on the outside because we have these concentrated talks together. And it also gives us a chance to get to know the families of other prisoners and what their needs are. Because when we wait together in those long lines waiting to go through security, we get to know some of the burdens that they carry as well. And then I love the scripture from Isaiah. Isaiah 49, 16, because we're really following God's example, because God doesn't forget us, and we don't forget our loved ones. The Bible says, see, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. That's how much God loves us. It is. It is, Carol. Won't you take a a moment to share your heart with our listeners and, and pray for all of us that we'll be hesitant to do the hard thing? to do the right thing as God leads us to. I would love to. Thank you, Carol. Father, 
Thank you for this opportunity that Carol and I have had to share your truth and your hope with the listeners. And Father, I lift up to you right now every person who is listening, who is walking in a hard place. It might be uh, walking with a relative through the prison of addiction, or it might be watching a marriage fall apart due to betrayal and so many hurts. It might be watching a child who is enslaved to addiction, or Lord, sometimes it's dealing with the stress of financial challenges that seem too great to bear, or living in a body that due to an accident or an illness is not functioning right. Lord, I pray that you would be the comforter, the healer, the hope giver, and Lord, I pray that each of us would say, Lord, I know that there is nothing that can touch me without your permission, but you will use it as a platform upon which I can give others hope and faith and a renewed courage to face each day. And Father, we thank you that you are the God to whom nothing is impossible. And we pray that in the difficult circumstances of our lives, we will know that you are God and we are not, and we will choose to hold your hand and listen to your truth as we put one foot in front of the other for the glory of God, in whose name we pray today. Amen. Amen, Carol Kent. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, for taking time to be on today. You know, you have your latest book, Waiting Together, Hope and Healing for Families of Prisoners. Our listeners can find that book at Amazon and other outlets. And and to find out more about Carol's incredible ministry, go to carolkent.org. Thank you again, Carol, for being with us, and God bless you. Aren't you grateful that God gives us second chances over and over again? I am. When we turn our hearts back to Him, we have a brand new start.
Whatever else I do, I won't stop loving you. Right now you can say, Lord, I give you my heart, my mind, my whole being to you today. Won't you trust God for His new beginning, His second chance? Say, yes, Father God, I will trust you in spite of my circumstances because you showed your great love for me through your Son, Jesus Christ. I won't stop loving you. Believe me, when you give your heart to God, He will give you His supernatural strength to meet life head on. Make sure to visit BibleChicks.com where you can be blessed again by Carol Kent's interview. And then bookmark BibleChicks.com to be encouraged by other incredible women who share their stories with us. It's all on demand and at your convenience at BibleChicks.com. Also, visit Facebook and Twitter at Bible Chicks with Carol. There you'll see my latest news and inspirational posts. And thanks for liking us there. Thanks again for joining us today. And always remember that in Him we live, move, and have our being. God bless your day. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving.